Good morning. Repeat after me. Say, morning, lead us into God's presence. If you've got your Bibles, lift them up this morning. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Josh, thank you for preaching last or teaching last Wednesday. Appreciate Pastor Josh very much. And he and his family are a blessing to us. All right. It is time for our fall football series, uh, preaching series. And I'm very excited because I love football. I love everything about this time of year. The weather gets cooler. Amen. The pollen drops. Come on. That's not so. No. You could feel it this morning, couldn't you? But uh, the weather starts cooling off. It's almost time to start killing Bambi. And, you know, you get real excited. At least I get excited this kind of time of year. But it's a fun time of year. But football, it's all football. I love football. And, and it's exciting to be able to watch some games. And so the next few weeks, we're going to be using a football theme for the series. But I have some prizes that Monica went and purchased today. Interestingly, there wasn't anything from Texas or Texas A&M picked up. I was shocked, but I have some prizes. I'm going to give away a couple things today, but each week we're going to do a few things, and I just want to encourage you, if you want to wear a coach's shirt or you've got a jersey, you can wear those over the next few weeks. That'll be fine. Um, in what year, by, you got to raise your hand, okay, in what year were the Arkansas Razorbacks actually named the Razorbacks? Anybody know? Anybody know? 1895. No, but that's close, Dave. That was the year Dennis actually graduated, but no, that was not... Anybody know? Y'all are looking on your phones, I know. What year? Anybody? Seriously? 1905. No, but that's close. No. Do what? <laughs> yes, ma'am. 1908. I've got 1910, but that's close enough. We have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. All right, I'm going to give you an option of a, this is a yard thing, yard flag with a Razorback on it, or you can have a sippy cup, sippy cup, all right, there you go, enjoy, give her a big hand, y'all, that was awesome, all right, so here's the other question, the year that they were named, they were, the coach said they were fighting like a bunch of Razorbacks, what team were they playing where they got their nickname, what game, anybody know, do what, you got to raise your hand and know it wasn't Texas, <laughs> No, it wasn't Texas A&M. Anybody? Ma'am. LSU, that's correct. That's, we have another winner. There you go. You guys are fantastic. Y'all hand that, hand that wonderful yard art to her back there. You can't use that? You're, you're from LSU. Oh, you're an LSU fan. Well, you can, you can give it away or burn it, whatever makes you feel better. You just do what you need to do. <laughs> but you know what? The, uh, one of the things in really this series is, is about, and what we're talking about today, is being a, I want you to think about this. Are you a fan of Jesus, or are you a follower of Jesus? That's the big thought today, being a fan of Jesus, or being a follower of Jesus. And uh, 
had a video that I was going to show you guys. I think I'm just going to describe the video to you. But they did some interviews with some men on the street. They were just walking around asking people about what they thought of Jesus, what they thought of the church. With almost without exception, all these people that they interviewed said some very interesting things. Not about Jesus, but about Christians. Here's what they said. They said uh, they like to follow rules. They said they were mean. They said they were boring, and they're talking about the church now. They said, you know, uh, they were judgmental. How many of you have ever thought those things? You know, mean, boring, judgmental. What about hypocrites? We hear about that a lot, don't we? Yeah, look at your neighbor and say he's not talking about you right now, you know. But we we have all those names. So, So here was the image. I took all these comments that these people made and formed a sentence. Here's what most people would say that aren't Christians that would say, Well, maybe they are Christians too. I don't know. They would say that people that go to church primarily are a bunch of rule-following, boring, mean hypocrites. And we kind of look like this picture right here. Get out of my lawn. (laughs) You know, I mean, it looks like he's in church. Let me put it to you this way. He says, get off my lawn. Maybe it was, get out of my pew. You know what I'm talking about where you walked in and it was somebody was in your seat. But there's kind of this image of these mean people. And I want to challenge you today with this thought. That's primarily what the world would think. There's probably people in here that think that way, that Christians are mean. They're hypocritical. They're boring. We're anything but boring. <laughs> but they have all these thoughts. And here's, here's what I would say a lot of that comes from, is that they see people that are fans of Jesus, but not people that are necessarily followers of Jesus. And we're going to talk about the difference between those two things today. We've got some pictures, though, of people that are fans, what I would call rabid fans. Let's look at some pictures of these. Look at this guy. Holy smoke. Yeah. Yeah. Minnesota Vikings. There's, if you like Auburn, they spelled it wrong. That's why I picked that. I thought that was, yeah, our college dollars at work. There's a, this, uh, these are New Orleans Saint fans. You know, we've got some Louisiana folks in here. Spaceballs football, there's a guy, a cowboy fan right there. Oh, look at that. There's your, there's your hogs right there. There's your cowboy guy. I like that. I thought that was really cool. And then uh, the tide, you know, come on, you got to have the tide. I thought that was incredibly creative, right? I'm glad they weren't Team Drano because that would have been really weird. And there's your woo pig suey. So I thought that was really cool. These people are fans, are they not? I mean, sometimes there are these extreme fans, but there are some tendencies that people that fans, there's some characteristics of folks that are just fans. They tend to be very, very fickle. Very, very fickle. I can just tell you, growing up, we would go to church Sunday morning, we would immediately go home here in the fall, and my dad would turn on the Cowboy football game because we were going to watch God's team play, right? And so we went to see God, God's team play, and I can almost tell you without exception, the Cowboys would start playing bad. My, my dad would go up, turn off the TV, and walk outside. He would just get so frustrated with them that he would just walk outside. Anybody do that? Any of y'all do that? And that was back when you actually had a knob that turned the channels. Do y'all remember that? Yeah, that was back in the day. I remember those things. But we tend to be, as fans, we tend to be very fickle. We'll cheer when it's going the way we want it to go, but we'll boo when it's going the other way. Very, very fickle. The other thing that fans tend to be is judgmental. 
very judgmental. How many of you, your team lost yesterday? Anybody have a team that lost yesterday? Okay, some of you lost. We have a tendency when that happens to what's called armchair quarterback. Well, if I'd have been there, we'd have done. Yeah, you sure would have. <laughs> you know, you sit in your easy chair and you got your remote going and, and, you know, and you're telling them how to coach the team. Anybody know what I'm talking about? By the way, we do that in life and we do that in church too. Well, if that had been me, I'd have done it this way or that way, right? But we tend to be, fans tend to be very judgmental. The final point that I think, and probably the biggest one about people that are fans, is they are not very committed and they can walk away at any time. Fans walk away at any time. Like my dad did when he got fed up with the game, he just walked off. And that's what we tend to do when we're a fan. But there's a difference when somebody is a follower. When you're a follower, that's a little bit different. There's a different level of commitment with somebody that's a follower. Matter of fact, people that are followers, that's one of the greatest tendencies about them. They are committed to the mission. They are committed to the mission. It's not about winning or losing one game. It's about the mission overall of the organization is more important to them than just one singular event. That's somebody that's a follower. But probably the major characteristic of a follower is they're a person that endures. They're a person that sticks to it through the end. The Greek word used for that word endurance means to be steadfast under pressure. Steadfast under pressure to endure even when things, not when anybody can stick around when things are good, but it's when things get hard that you really see when somebody's either a fan or they're a follower. And now I'm starting to really talk about life a little bit. And so I want you to think about for a moment, think about your faith. Are you a fan of Jesus or a follower of Jesus? There's a guy named Kyle Eidelman. He's a pastor. He wrote a book a few years ago called Not a Fan, and he found an interesting statistic. He defined, for people in the church, he defined the difference between being a follower of Christ or a fan of Christ. 75% of the people that he identified in the church said that they were a fan, not a follower. They were a fan. What does that look like in Scripture Well, in John chapter 6, and I'm just going to tell you the story, Jesus did this amazing miracle where he fed 5,000 people. Now, understand, he miraculously fed these people. It was 5,000 men. There were also women and children there. There was a ton of people. There were thousands and thousands of people. Little boy came up with loaves and fishes. Jesus blessed it. The disciples handed out the food, and they brought baskets of food back. It was one of the most incredible miracles in the whole Bible. But a lot of times we stop there and we don't read a little bit past that. So here's what happened. All these people were now big Jesus fans, weren't they? Because he fed them. And it was awesome. And then they started coming back to Jesus the next day saying, Hey, what are we having for breakfast? (laughs) I like the miracle you did yesterday. Let's see another miracle today. And Jesus began to preach to them about followership and following him and trusting him as Lord and and all those kind of things. And the Bible says that almost everybody left, even some of those people that were closest to him. Because, see, here's the difference between a fan and a follower. When it costs you something as a fan, 
pretty easy to begin to walk away. And when these people didn't get what they wanted, when it began to cost them something to follow Jesus, they decided they didn't want any part of that. And they walked away from him. I want to share a passage of scripture today that might be a little hard for some of us to hear, including myself, but I think it's going to kind of help us identify maybe where we are in just a snapshot in scripture. Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 through 5 says this, this is Jesus talking. Jesus says, do not judge so that you will not be judged, for in the way that you judged, you're going to be judged. And by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck? That is in your brother's eye, but you don't notice the log that's in your own eye. Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, but behold, there's a log in yours. Then look at verse 5. He says, you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. When I read that this week, it really resonated with me because... I realize that the reason that people have problem with church folks, not with Jesus, is that we tend to do what Jesus said right here. I mean, Jesus doesn't like hypocrites any more than the rest of us do. Did you notice that? He charged those folks. He said, why are you judging everybody else when you got a honking log in your eye? Interesting. Interesting. And I started really thinking about The difference here where he was talking about being a follower or being a fan of his and judging people. See, here's something that I've learned. We don't mind judging other people, but we don't want the same judgment to come back on us, right? Yeah, we're quick to want to give it out, but when it's our turn, we want mercy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And Jesus gets that here. And this is part of what he's talking about. He said, you know, it's easy when you're a fan to want to judge everybody. It's easy when you're a fan just to holler at the players on the field. But when you're actually out there doing something, it's a whole different experience. An absolutely whole different experience. Something that I noticed on the video of the interviews of all these people, they talked about how they had a problem with Christians. Not one person said they had a problem with Jesus. Everybody thought, like, was it the Doobie Brothers? Jesus is just all right with me. Woo! Right? Is that how that went? Was it the Doobie Brothers? Come on, some of y'all were back there. Come on. I know. And that's how many of us are. Jesus is just all right with us. Until he says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow. And then he isn't all right anymore. Being a fan is okay until it starts to cost you something. And that's what Jesus was showing us here. I want to say this statement today, and I I really want you to hear my heart when I say this. Jesus is not looking for fans. Jesus doesn't need us with number one, big number one fingers, standing up in the crowd, clapping, go Jesus. He's not looking for fans. What Jesus is looking for are followers. Let me put that in a vernacular that all of us can understand. Jesus does not want us in life to be sitting in the stadium watching him play. He wants us to come out on the field and participate. He wants us to come off the sideline and he wants us to get in the game. That's what he's looking for. 
He's looking for followers. You know, I, I was doing some study about where Jesus would call the disciples, but it wasn't just the disciples. Over and over again through the scripture, Jesus would go to people and he would say, follow me. And I wanted to understand what that really meant. So I looked up the Greek word for follow, for, where, where Jesus was using it in this context, and he would say, follow me. It meant, yes, follow me, physically follow me, but it also meant this in the translation, assist me. Not just follow me, assist me. In other words, participate with me in ministry. I don't know about y'all, but I remember growing up when I was a little kid, little bitty kid, my dad would be out mowing the yard and my parents bought me one of those little popper things that you, it doesn't have any blades on it, praise God, but it's little bitty and you walk around and pop, 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 pop. Y'all seen little kids with those? And I remember when my dad would go mow the yard and I would follow him through the yard. Right? And he was, and I'm going, pop, 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 pop. You know, I mean, it was very exciting. But I'll never forget the day when I followed dad and he finally said, Son, are you ready to mow the yard? That was the day I became a man, right? I mean, you know, it was like, oh, it was the, that moment when now the mower, you know, <laughs> and I remember walking out and, wow. That was the only time in my entire life I, I liked mowing. You know, that was it. That was my, <laughs> you got done and then you realized I had been tricked. <laughs> you know, what in the world? But, but what was going on is, is it was really what Jesus was talking about in the scripture here. I was following dad and I was learning, but there came a place where I went from learning to doing. I went from being a fan of my dad mowing so now I'm mowing. And that's what Jesus, folks, absolutely is calling us to do. I want you to imagine that you're one of the disciples and you've maybe heard about Jesus a little bit. And Peter and John are out fishing and Jesus walks up and he says to them, follow me. And they dropped what they were doing and they physically followed him. And there are other examples in Scripture where Jesus would talk to people and he would say, follow me. And he would say these same things. And it was, leave what you're doing. Leave your way of thinking and do things my way. I'm going to show you a different way. It's actually, he made a really interesting statement to Peter and John. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to take what you do and I'm going to take you from being a fan of Jesus to being a follower of Jesus. I really determined something in my own life that the way that we have to turn things around for our world, the way we need people to experience Jesus so they don't see us as being mean, boring, hypocritical people, is they need to see the truth of Jesus through us. Because I want you to understand very clearly today, folks. You know, we have that video in between services that kind of breaks it up, that talks about our church, how we, we are the hands and feet of Jesus. And I love that video because it reminds me of that. That's not just a saying around here, is it? We participate in ministry. We become the hands and feet. And I want to tell you today, it's so easy for us when we get frustrated with someone to go, well, I'm going to, come here, Preston. You're my, my gigantic 
example. When we moved here, you were like a midget. Look at you now. You like grew. But it's so much easier for me to just go to Preston and go, Preston, here's what you need to do. You need to start doing this, this, that. You got to start doing all these things. You get, you know, and we start doing that. We call it preaching at people, right? And I'm not saying you're doing this, by the way. Everybody, no, but I'm, I'm just using Preston as a really large example. It's so much easier for us to tell somebody to do something like that than to show them how to live and say, blah, blah, do this, do this, do this. It's like, no, 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 follow me, and I'm going to show you how to do this. Just go ahead and sit down. Thank you, Preston. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Some of us need to stop preaching at people and start allowing the love of God to flow through us and begin to change their hearts because guess what, folks? That's the way Jesus did it. It was incredible that Jesus did miracles. He raised the dead. He multiplied the loaves and fishes. He's still in that business today. Many of you in this room have seen Jesus do miracles not only in your life but in other people's lives, amen? And that's awesome. But let me just tell you something. The day-to-day faith of your life is not being a fan of thank you, Jesus. Jesus is saying now, you go and do it. You go. And I'm convinced of this. If we want to see our world change, people be blessed, our lives turn around, we are going to have to begin to follow Jesus. And I want to, I want to share something with you very briefly. I've been telling you over the last month or so, I've been making appointments with Jesus. I literally call Pam and say, block out Friday morning from 8 to 9 or 8 to 10 or whatever, and I'm going to go have a meeting with the Lord. I've been doing that very intentionally, not because I'm trying to be spiritual, because I could care less about that. But I'm having to force myself to go spend time with him. You say, well, you're a pastor. Isn't that your job? I'm a believer. That should be my job. But all of us get so caught up in the day-to-day busyness that we don't stop long enough to really spend time with him. You know, the Bible tells us over and over again, and I've been studying this, folks, where the Bible says Jesus withdrew to a quiet place to go spend time with God. Jesus, the Son of God, would go fast, and he would go pray, and he would go spend time with God. Why? Because he wanted to follow his Father. And then Jesus looks at me and you, and he says, follow me. And I'm convinced of this one thing, that if we want to see change in our lives and in our families and in our community, we're going to have to draw closer to him and begin to follow him. And do what Jesus said here. Instead of looking at the log and everybody else's eye, begin to get, let God work on ours. Let him begin to be a lumberjack in your head. (laughs) But let Jesus begin to do that work. But let me tell you something. It's not going to happen unless you choose to not be a fan anymore and be a follower. And you say, let me tell you how practically that works today. And then I'm going to close. You get to choose how close to God you are. There is, a, there is a lie that goes on in the body of Christ that says it's only the pastor or the holy people that get to be close to Jesus. And that is just absolutely not true. In your relationship with God, you get to choose 
how close you're going to be to him. I know some kids that are 13, 14, or 15 years old that are more mature spiritually than some of us that have been going to church for 50 years. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Because you get to choose... You get to choose how mature you're going to be in Christ. And that is your choice. And so here's what I'm asking you today. For those of you that are wondering, why am I not hearing from God? Why am I not drawing closer to him? And I'm not saying this to condemn you because it's the same for me as it is for you. Am I choosing to draw close to him? Am I choosing to follow him? Jesus says, follow me. He didn't say, come watch me. Did you notice that? There is never anywhere in the Bible that we see Jesus handing out flyers to one of his rallies. Come follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. I'm going to change your life. I'm going to show you how to live. But he does it for a purpose. So now we go and we train others. One of the reasons I'm so blessed to see these kids up here is that we are training the next generation. Amen? And I love seeing the little bitties in here this morning. That, did you see them up here dancing and having a good time? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? They're just loving God and, and having a good time, and that's great. And we're training the next generation. But you can only give what you have. And I'm charging you, draw close to him. Follow him. Follow him. Amen? Let me show you what followership looks like. We stuck. Becky, go back one. You see her face? Look at the people that are serving. What's on their face? <laughs> if you would have told me that teenagers would have been washing somebody's feet and grinning, I would have said you were crazy. And, I, and if you go back and you look at those videos, those pictures almost without exception, what do you see? Miles, because there is joy when we begin to follow Christ. There is joy that wells up inside of us when you begin to do the things that God's called you to do. When you get out of your spiritual lazy boy and you begin to follow Jesus. Why? Because you begin to come alive because you're doing what you were created to do. Have fellowship with your father. He is calling us to be followers, not fans. He's calling us to follow him. And change this world. And I want to challenge you in this today. Really look at your life. Really look at your heart today. And ask yourself this question. This isn't condemnation. This is just a question. Am I a follower of Jesus or am I a fan of Jesus? Do I think Jesus is just all right? Or am I following him? Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this time. 
that we can come together. And I, I thank you, Lord, for the simplicity of your word. And I know I'm challenged today because I know there's so many times in life that it's so much easier for us to, to just be a fan than it is to be a follower. Because following you, Lord, costs us something. It does. It costs us something. It costs us our will sometimes. It costs us time. Sometimes it costs us money. Sometimes it's inconvenient to be your follower. Because you tell us to love people that we don't want to love. And you tell us to forgive people that we're upset with. Father, I just pray today, as we're here, at this time in history, Lord, when there's so much in the balance, there's so much in the balance, And you're calling your church to stand up. You're calling us to stand up and love people. There's only one thing that pushes out darkness, folks, and that's light. And Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And he's calling us today to be his hands and feet in a world that needs us. Everybody look at me just a minute. Just a minute. Many of you right now are probably wondering, why hasn't Jesus come back? Where is he? Why hasn't he come back yet? I was thinking about that a couple weeks ago. Trish and I were talking about that. I mean, you look around in the world and you go, why, Jesus, just come back, just get us out of here. Do you know why he hasn't come back yet? Do what? Still work to do. In other words, There are people that don't know him. And if you and I are gone, what happens? What happens when the presence and the power of God leaves this place? And I want you to think about all the people that don't know yet the truth of who he is. And the reason he hasn't taken us out of here is because he still has kids that he loves that he wants to reach. And so here's here's how we work forward to see Jesus come back quickly. Let's do what Jesus said. He said, let's get around my father, let's get about my father's business. And my father's business is setting the lost and hurt and broken free. And he calls us to do that. Think about it this way. What if your child didn't know Christ and and Jesus came back tomorrow? No, let's get busy about our Father's business and be His hands and feet, amen? Lord, I just pray that we will no longer be fans today, that, Father, that there are decisions that people are making in this room right now to get serious about their faith. And I don't mean try harder. I mean choose to follow you, to draw closer to you. And I thank you for that, Lord. Jesus' name and all God's people said. I'm going to leave you with this. I'm letting you out early today. Maybe I should just talk for another 15 minutes. What do y'all think? Is that all?
The Cowboys are playing at noon. That has nothing to do with the fact that I'm letting you out early today. <laughs> really? That was completely unplanned. Turn off my alarm right now. That was <laughs> I mean this. Set time for God each week. And I don't mean 50 minutes in a Bible devotional. That's what I'm talking about. You need to make an appointment with the Lord. Okay? And you say, Pastor, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. You just make an appointment with the Lord. You get away from everything else. And you say, God, this is just me and you. Here's what's going to happen. He's going to start showing up, folks. Because he's waiting on you. You say, Pastor, how do I pray? You just talk to him. And watch God begin to change our hearts, all of us. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Father, I just pray that um, as we leave this place, Lord, that you've really planted a seed in all of our hearts today, that we'll really take account of ourselves, that, Father, we'll really get serious about our relationship with you, and that, Father, we will choose to draw near to you. And your word says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. So, Lord, we're going to take you at your word. And, Father, as we choose to draw close to you, I pray that you would draw close to us. And speak to us and change us, Lord. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Uh, Go Cowboys, y'all have a good day.